Hi to all amazing sensitive minds and welcome to the sixth episode of the Great Sensitive Mind podcast. Let's look at the importance of rest in our life. As usual, for those who started with this episode first, here are some of my comments I usually begin with. Firstly, I recommend to continue with my trailer episode zero, where you can learn about my podcast in general and then follow up with the rest of the episodes in if you started with this episode as first. The second, when talking about highly sensitive people, I am taking a lot of information from books and websites about this trait, mostly uh, written by Dr. Elaine Aron. And one other note, when I say HSPs, I mean the highly sensitive people. So please don't get surprised when you hear it. This episode will be a little bit shorter than the previous ones, mostly because I felt that it's good to have a shorter and a bit simpler episode as well. As always, if you have some ideas you would like me to talk about, just let me know. You can write to my email address or send a message to my Instagram account. Both you can find at the episode description. Right. As always, here is the structure of today's episode. Firstly, I will speak about why we need rest. Then I describe different types of rest. After that, I will look at managing rest. Then I will spend more time with sleep and some tips for better sleeping. And at the end, I will debate on the right amount of rest. Little note for start. I don't have to repeat how important it is to accept your trait and the needs it requires. That is the same with us needing a proper kind of rest and a proper amount of it. Non-HSPs or other HSPs have different needs that you have and that is fine. So don't be afraid to stand up for yourself and listen to yourself, your mind and body when it tells you it needs to rest when others don't need it. If you try to keep up with others or overwork and ignore your high sensitivity requirements, the uh, so-called recovery time after will be even longer and more difficult. The great thing is that there is a lot to choose from. We have many options around that can give us some rest or let's say reset our body and mind. So why not to use it? The question to start with is why we actually need rest so much. Being a part of society means that we must give our inner energy to things we do daily, either towards our work, people around, even ourselves, etc. To put it simply, life runs on exchanging this energy from one person, thing, action to another. As you might remember, HSPs by their nature are perceptive towards their surroundings and can absorb things in a greater scale. And this also goes with energy. I have 
spoken many times about the significant role of arousals and their relationship with HSPs, how crucial it is to manage a balanced state of arousals and maintain it. Of course, it is not always simple as we cannot influence all of the energy of arousals, takers and makers and thus we might end up in a moment when all of our energy inside is on a low level and we need to recharge, so to speak. As Dr. Elaine Aron says in her workbook, because HSPs pick up on subtleties and process things deeply, they are in result more prone to overstimulation and overarousal. And thus it is so essential to be aware of it and know how much to manage it. Because if we want, we will end up performing worse in our life. Simply said, our body will be overwhelmed by so many arousals that we lose concentration and mostly energy to keep going. Elaine also talks about two kinds of overarousals, the sudden and the chronic one. To describe them is kind of similar to describe an illness. If you have a sudden cough because your throat gets suddenly irritated by something, you cough for a bit, your body fights a bit with the intruder and somehow gets rid of it. But if you suffer from chronic cough, the irritation is constant and can grow to damaging other parts of the breathing system like lungs. Now, if you apply this example into the whole body, you can imagine that the results would be bigger. Elaine also talks about different kinds of hormones, which I think is also quite important to mention here. When we speak about arousals, the main role plays hormone called cortisol, aka stress hormone. And it can do wonders to your body when its produ production rises up. It can shut down body systems like digestion, nervous or immune system. Cortisol is also a big friend of adrenaline, which might be more known, mostly because it is released when uh, we do sports or extreme activities. Adrenaline basically prepares body for fight, fright or freeze moment. When you put these two together, they can switch body to a panic mode. To come back to the chronic overarousal, cortisol has a main lead here as it stays inside much longer than adrenaline and I'm talking about months or even years long. And because its presence in our blood has such a bad influence on our body systems, it can make us weak and fragile. We are more tired, we are prone to different illnesses, it can even cause tumors to grow faster. So no wonders that we need to be alert and prevent the overarousal situations as much as possible. Elaine even gives us some help to recognize the sudden and chronic overarousals. Sudden overarousal is exhibited by feeling overwhelmed or anxious, having pounding heart, blushing, tight muscles, not being able to focus or remember, being shaky or feeling angry and impulsive towards others. 
chronic overarousal can lead to again overwhelming feeling with anxiety, having heart palpitations without explanation, being short-tempered with people for no reason, having a constant fatigue, chronic pain or muscle tensions without explanations, aka you just haven't run a marathon or uh, did our gym exercise, having problems with sleeping, falling asleep, constant waking up, chronic headaches and what more, very gloomy and sad thoughts, feeling hopeless and helpless, feeling without any wish to continue with our work or activities, feeling numb and many others. Of course, as always, these signs vary from person to person and are very subjective. But you should have a little self-revision and think about your signs as having chronic over-arousal is not good and should be treated either by yourself if you feel you can do it or you should find help from outside by visiting specialist, psychologist, therapist or community to help you. Neither Elaine nor I am saying there is a fit-to-all recipe to help everyone. But let me tell you a few helps, mainly because rest, calm and gaining positive energy moments can definitely help with the over-arousal. And if you wish to work on your arousal levels, I recommend to look at the third chapter of Highly Sensitive Persons Workbook by Dr. Aaron. Uh, again, link to the book is in the episode description. types of rest. If someone says the word rest, each person imagines something different behind. And rightly so. For someone rest is simply a quiet moment for sleep. For someone else it is a walk in a forest. For someone else reading book, etc. We divide the physical rest into two kinds, the passive and active rest. And I find both of them very important. The active rest means some kind of activity where you keep the movement of body and mind but try to decrease its level. The example is doing yoga, walk, tai chi, pilates or easy exercise like swimming, jogging, light aerobic exercises or even playing a game that doesn't require too much employment of our brain and body. The passive rest is sleep, which I will talk about more in a bit, massage, sauna visit. To be honest, the line can really differ, mainly in the examples such as different sports and exercises. It is not for everyone the same, so again, find the one that suits you the most. We also have a mental rest, which is basically in combination with the physical rest, a setting up breaks in between activities and trying to calm down your thoughts and refocusing your brain to easing thoughts. You can try meditation 
or different therapies like aromatherapy, reading a book, watching a movie, listening to music or generally experiencing art, looking at paintings for example. There are also other kinds of rest like spiritual, sensory, emotional, creative or social. I don't need to step too deeply into each because I believe that all of them can be explained very easily and can overlap very easily as well. The method how to gain these kinds of rest is to simply set up an environment where we control how much arousals and stimuli from these areas we get. For example, emotional. About emotions I was talking in my last episode. When you experience emotional overstimulation, it is good to become aware of the situation and try to work on identifying the triggers and how to avoid them or at least lessen their influence. For HSPs, when being emotionally overwhelmed, it helps to take a moment alone or take a break or calm down and then resettle the situation after. Our sensory rest is about setting an environment where the stimuli from sensors like light or sound or smell can be lessened or completely avoided. For example, turn off lights and use candles or dimmed light instead. Go to a place where you know there will be no noise, etc. Social rest is very simple and we have spoken about it relating to HSP's trade in general. We should spend some time alone without being interrupted by others. If you want to know more about different kinds of rest, you can find this in articles that I am putting into description. How to manage rest time? In general, it is recommended to always schedule your rest time or relaxing time in between your daily activities. Especially for HSPs, as we need more calm time than non-HSPs. Also, try to think about different kinds of rest and which one do you need more. I often forget it as I want to keep working and doing things around but then I am beat even the day after as I didn't plan enough chill time in between. Of course sometimes you cannot pick but keep it in mind as it is really important. The longer you will keep going without rest time the more you can be tired afterwards. The trick is to find your own pace and rhythm and respect it. And if your schedule changes, always plan a little bit more rest time or you may overstep and get yourself into a rollercoaster of overarousals again. For example, if you travel even more when you can expect the jet lag, plan in your itinerary that you should get at least few hours off to catch up with the time and adapt to the environment. I also recommend to engage nature into your rest. Nature holds so much energy and can give a lot just by being around it. 
take a walk nearby water or in the forest, read a book or jog in a park. When you are surrounded by nature, take a deep breath. Hug a tree if you want, touch the grass with your bare feet or have a swim in the lake. Connect your body with nature. Let's talk about sleep. Why do we sleep? Because it allows the brain to lower its activity, tidy all the thoughts and perceptions we gained during the day, including all arousals and stimuli, and allows body to rest and thus gain energy for the awake state again. HSPs generally need more sleep, but it doesn't have to be always the case. The importance lays in respecting your own biorhythm, which means listening to your body and what it actually asks for at a certain time. And that doesn't have to correspond with people around you. If you are a morning person, start your day early and go to bed early. If you are a night owl, then focus your activities to later part of the day and retire to bed later. I believe there is generally less percentage of HSPs, but there are still some. If you prefer to have a little nap during the day, do it. The same goes with how much hours of sleep we need. How many articles I read that this number of sleep hours is the best for everyone? Nonsense. If you are okay with just five or seven hours of sleep and you gain rest via other things during the day, no problem. If you need eight to ten hours a day, again, no problem at all. The most important part is to remember that you should not be getting up tired each time. Here are some tips and tricks for better sleeping. Try to make your bedroom a place set up for the time of rest and relax. Look what you have in your bedroom. Try to put away things that are not necessary or cluttering the space. Look at things like colors or the kinds of lights. Uh, are they calming you down or disturbing? In my case, I had to repaint the bedroom when I moved to my partner's apartment from red, which was for me really aggressive, to white with some blue wallpaper. Which fabric material of sheet are you using? Does your skin feel irritated? Maybe it might sound a little bit silly, but remember that you spent quarter of or third of your daytime in bed. Thus, it requires to give it a thought about the comfortability. I honestly don't know too much about Feng Shui, but I heard that it has been helping as well. So you could look it up and get inspired by its philosophy. Also, try to reserve the time in bed only in resting activities. With home office, now it might be quite tempting to stay in bed the whole day, but uh, you should really use bed only for resting. And of course, intimate time with your partner, but that's not for this episode. 
Before you go to bed, I recommend not to eat or drink anything that is making your digestion work a lot. I don't want to again generalize here how many hours in advance you should stop drinking or eating or what you should eat as your last meal, etc. This is really individual, so I advise more to listen to your own body again and follow your intuition. Do not disturb your mind with too much screen time before you sleep. Our eyes get really tired of watching screen, either TV or phones, but also it makes our brain still keep working even though it should slowly prepare itself for sleep. So again, think about what makes your brain settle down and being not active too much, like reading a book, listening to music, meditation, etc. I, for example, like to have a shower before I go to bed as it calms me down. If you cannot sleep, try to read a bit longer or listen another song or two. But if your brain floods with thoughts, as it tends to with us HSPs, it's generally recommended to get up. Uh, I, for example, prepare a chamomile tea or practice breathing exercise, which is really simple. Just focus on your breath and rhythm of your heartbeat. If you suffer from insomnia, it's good to ask for help. Sleep is really essential as it gives us the rest and if you end up having no or really little of it, the results can be really harmful for you. And finally, how much rest do we actually need? As said many times, it always depends on a person. That's why it's very important to evaluate your life schedule and try to think about each kind of rest and how much of it do you have in your life. If it's enough, if it's too much, is it the kind of rest or am I doing it just because of my friend? Does it uh, to whom it helps but it doesn't help me? After all, everything is about finding balance and that is also an evolving part of our life. So it's good to keep your agenda with you and always adjust the resting time to the actual situation. What helps you to rest? Do you have enough rest in your life? Let me know. My next episode will be about partnerships, meaning romantic relationships of HSPs. And as usual, please follow me on my Instagram, The Great Sensitive Mind Podcast. And my email address, which you can find in the description, is also always open for contact. Thank you so much for listening and being here with me today. Have a lovely day. Bye.